This is Market Scale Sports and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Here to talk about the changes and trends coming to the sports entertainment industry is Jeff Angus, Marketing Director of PlaySite. We're going to talk about sports specialization, the commoditization of technology and hardware, and the sports tech shift from the pro level to the youth level. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining us. So uh, to set everyone up, can you tell us a little bit about PlaySite Interactive? Sure thing. Uh, PlaySite is a sports technology platform. Uh, the technology was developed out of the Israeli uh, military air force, and uh, we're now working globally across all sports. We started in tennis. Now we're working in basketball, soccer, uh, really has a ball uh, or a puck or any activity, you name it, we're, uh, we're doing it. And uh, our technology is uh, camera based. So we permanently install cameras around sports facilities and courts, and it provides streaming, uh, data and analytics, video recording, and, uh, and much more. And uh, our vision as a company is really to work with and connect the next generation of athletes through technology. So we, as a company, are always looking ahead to see what's coming in tech, all the latest trends and developments and innovations. And we want to add that to our platform to enable athletes of all ages, but specifically today's young athlete to be more engaged in sports, enjoy playing more and improve faster and ultimately get to the next level, whatever that may be, college professional or just as a lifelong athlete or sports fan. Right. So in regards to your mission statement, what specifically do you think, uh, you know, because we can talk about it from both sides, right? From the consumer side or, or from athletes being in, in, being streamed, what do you think are, are some of the main benefits from both sides? Yeah, I think the the word athlete is really important to us to kind of step back a little bit uh, from a competition standpoint and also from, as a mission statement, something that actually guides us in our decision making and strategy as a company. Uh, the sports tech landscape is very, uh, you could say it's cluttered. It's very busy. There's a lot of companies coming up. Everybody wants to be in sports. Uh, sports has always been and continues to be a leader in the innovation space, uh, whether it's for ways to sell tickets or ways to build arenas or like in our case, a technology platform. Uh, so when we use the word athlete, everything we do as a company, every innovation, whether it's software, hardware, uh, our cloud-based platform, we do so with the athlete in mind, whereas most of our competitors are focused on fans directly or uh, broadcast companies finding ways to make uh, broadcasting automated and more affordable. And these are all things we do, but we're driven by the athlete, much like companies, Nike's driven by the athlete, Under Armour's driven by the athlete, and they look at shoes and apparel as kind of a means to that end. We're the same in terms of technologies and means to the end of uh, taking the 12 to 20 year old athlete and giving them the tools to uh, to ultimately enjoy sports more. So that's really how we look at it from an a branding standpoint and also when we make decisions as a company on where to invest our money from the R&D and innovation standpoint it it works on uh, on both levels. Yeah, and I think that level of uh, you know, providing that level of access is is really a game changer. Yeah, I think I think I think that's a big part of it too. That's access is a great word is taking we work with top teams. We have several NBA teams that use PlaySite daily, Golden State, Toronto Raptors, uh several more North Carolina basketball. So we've received validation at the top level. But we're focused on building a product that's both affordable and accessible for uh, smaller colleges, youth academies, high schools. So it's taking the best in class in tech, or at least what can get you to that level at a price point that is not going to 
uh, price out everybody except the truly elite teams. Yeah, that's super exciting. And and you mentioned it, so I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. You know, some of the uh, th- this is a very cluttered landscape for sure, and and I think it always has been just because of the inherent excitement that that comes with with being in the sports entertainment. So I want to talk about some of the trends you've witnessed at least over the last year, while you know entering this space and and, and playing along. So we asked you this question earlier, and you gave us three answers. So I kind of want to go into depth with each, which with each answer, if that's okay with you. Yeah, it sounds good. So one of the first things you mentioned was the commoditization of hardware. Yeah, so I think the commoditization really just means that the quality of technology, and this is Moore's law or whatever you want to call it, computing power. In our case, it's quality of cameras is probably one of the main things we look at, but it goes up significantly year to year, and the costs keep coming down. So we're Hardware is a part of our platform. So going back to what our technology does, we take courts and facilities and we connect them to our cloud and to the internet and we make them smart courts. Tennis court becomes a smart court with PlaySight. A basketball court becomes a smart court. A hockey rink becomes a smart rink. So we look at hardware as as a means to kind of power our platform. Uh, But we have never been a hardware company and we never will be a hardware company. We don't develop our own cameras. We use off-the-shelf best-in-class cameras from the leading technology companies. And we do that for a few reasons. One, you can look to companies like GoPro as an example of what happens when you hang your hat on hardware too long. And two, there's nothing preventing any of the big companies, whether it's Apple or Google or Facebook, of looking at this sports, youth sports media or youth sports technology space, whatever or however you want to define it, and coming in. And they instantly have the scale and the access to capital to create hardware at a fraction of the cost. Um, so a lot of our competitors have focused on building proprietary hardware, where for us, we're focused more on building proprietary software. And the commoditization ties into our vision too, because as the technology costs come down, that just opens up new markets. We want to be in like YMCA's and public high schools. We're not there yet, but as the evolution continues, our product is going to get uh, both better and more affordable. Right, and I think if that's the the end goal, right, to be in places like that, you definitely don't want to be in the hardware game, right? It makes way more sense to just make smart partnerships and then build from there. Exactly. That's Partnerships is really going to be the key and is the key uh, to it all. So we're, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later too, but we're always trialing new technologies, new cameras, new sensors, and figuring out what partnerships are worthwhile and what partnerships will help us scale and then what partnerships are uh, are not really a great fit. You mentioned kind of the cluttered landscape in sports tech. There's a lot of noise out there. so. One thing we work at very hard at PlaySight is figuring out what companies and what technologies are actually going to drive value. Yeah, and it, and it also allows just a more focus on the the experience, right? Instead of working on on R and D for hardware for you know ever. Exactly. I think it's as we've evolved as a company. I mean, we were earlier on our R and D was more hardware intensive, building out like how the cameras would communicate with each other and how the algorithms would work. And now that we we're always evolving and tinkering with that, but now that we have a good base. We're able to, like, we launched a new website a couple of weeks ago. We're constantly overhauling and redesigning and improving our app. So we're able to take uh, those R&D dollars and shift them into kind of more of the end of the line consumer facing to connect the raw experience with the hardware that we've built to something that's seamless, uh, integrated, easy to use. Because we know today's athlete and today's young person, uh, even coaches, they, they don't want to be wasting any time. They don't want any friction with their experience. They want to have something that's super easy, super simple, and fun. Yeah, no, that's well said. So next up, I want to talk about the uh, democratization of sports tech from pro to college to now the youth and high school level. Yeah, again, another 
like commoditization, I guess another buzzword or fancy word, but essentially democratization just means that tech's coming from the NBA and now it's in high schools to use basketball as an example. So we're, I mentioned earlier, some of the NBA teams we work with, but we're equally, if not more excited with the couple dozen high schools that we've worked with. So that's a relatively new market for us as high school sports. We've started at, at the higher level with a lot of the big prep schools in the Northeast, like Choate and Hotchkiss and Trinity Pauling. Um, because like anything, the early adopters usually have a, an ability to spend a bit more as the technology is, is in its infancy and in, in its development. Um, but we're, we're already seeing the, the expansion of our technology into youth facilities and youth clubs. Some good examples that listeners may be familiar with. There's a big, uh, basketball facility in, in Dallas called Drive Nation that's, uh, owned and operated by former NBA player Jermaine O'Neal. There's six or eight basketball courts, play sites on every court, uh, and we're working with a couple dozen of those types of facilities where we're providing them the platform for their coaches, their parents, their athletes to really have their own little ESPN experience with live video and all the data and all the stats and really just the platform that previously Golden State would have, but nobody at the youth level would have had before. So it's taking what's previously only elite and then it, going into the college and then going into the high school and then going into the youth level. And the product is used in different ways, but at the end of the day, it's the same product, whether it's Golden State using it or Jonesboro High School in Arkansas, they have the same platform. So I, I wonder with, is it, is it that there's, this, has this demand always been there and the technology just wasn't available or is it, is there something that, that kind of created this shift where now we're seeing a, you know, more interest in, in youth and high school level sports? Yeah, that's a good question. I, th I think it's a bit of both. Uh, from my vantage point, uh, not only a play site, but being a, an athlete and a youth, former youth athlete and a, a consumer and fan of sports, I think it's kind of the natural progression of, of not just technology, but innovation in sports. You look at nutrition and fitness and training, like in the 60s and 70s, pro teams weren't even really doing strength training and taking nutrition seriously. And now it's high schools have their own strength coaches. So I think technology is just really a vehicle or a part of the whole uh, development of sport. And I mean, there are negatives to it. And you look at the whole downside of early sports spe specialization and how that's led to a lot of injuries and overuse and burnout and reduced participation in sport. Um, so it is a double-edged sword in terms of how sport has evolved and how youth sports has become professionalized. So we're, we're really careful and we work really hard to build and have built a platform that's adding value and adding fun and removing inefficiencies and removing barriers and not, not making more work for coaches or not making it more stressful for athletes. Uh, we want, basically, we want more youth athletes enjoying sports and playing more sports, whether they, again, whether they go to college or pro or they just continue on in recreation leagues or just develop a love of sport as a fan or a consumer. Yeah. And that kind of leads us perfectly into a, one of the last things we want to talk about, which is some of the downsides of sports specialization. Yeah. I, th I, th I think you, the, the sports specialization thing is something that extends far beyond, uh, far beyond technology. And it really does tie into, to our vision too, of we want to work with athletes in every sport. So we're not just focused on football and basketball. We have play site technology with swimming dance, MMA, ice hockey, squash. Uh, so we look at our platform as a way to get athletes maybe trying different sports as well that they wouldn't normally have played. Yeah. And I think you, you see that almost with everything, right? I think it's just, it's, it's a intrinsically connected to 
just con how consumerism has evolved, right? Like it's everything's a lot more fragmented. So I think there's very little um, benefit to really specializing on on one thing, right? Because it, it, audience, audiences are, are more fragmented than, than they've ever been just because how many options there are, right? That's true. And I think a, I think a lot of the, the drive in the sports specialization has just been the professionalization of youth sports. You have all these big uh, AAU programs in basketball where there's a lot of money being made that people are incentivized to have athletes play a sport year round. Whereas you look at the, you look at the professional levels of sport and essentially zero athletes in the NBA and in the NFL only focused on one sport. Most of them were multi-sport athletes, even at the collegiate level. Uh, so we, again, right. at PlaySide and even on a higher level, look at technology as a way to get people in sports, but maybe also playing a couple sports in, instead of just one. Yeah, no, I think that, that that's, again, really well put. So, Jeff, my last question for you is, what what do you see on the horizon? What what in your industry uh, are you excited for or not excited for? I'll, yeah, I'll answer, I'll answer that twice. So I'll look... I'll, talk about what I'm excited for first. I think the I I use play site tennis as kind of a case study and a model for all of our other sports. So we focused exclusively as a company on tennis for three years and really nailed the technology where we have a camera system that provides everything uh, automatically uh, and instantly on court and off court for players. So the cameras do all the data and analytics and all the tracking. Uh, they track how far players run, the type of shot they hit. Uh, where the ball lands, they create instant 3D heat maps. All the stats are tracked and added to a dashboard that's updated in real time. And that vision is what we're building out now in basketball and other sports. Obviously, the hardware and software needed to provide those level of analytics in team sports is more comprehensive. There's just more players and more activity. But the answer coming out of all this is an all-in-one solution. You mentioned the word uh, fragmented or fragmentation. That's kind of the sports tech landscape right now. You have some sensors and wearables that do some things. You have some GPS trackers that do some things. You have a lot of it's gimmicky. Uh, some of it adds value. And then on our side, we're focused on really building out the video platform and then integrating in with the right tech partners and developing in-house our own analytics. So I think what I'm most excited about is an experience where an athlete or a coach needs to rely just on one or two platforms to do everything instead of having... Uh, everything spread all over the place. And I think that's kind of the, the danger of technology is when you have too much of it, because at the end of the day, technology doesn't necessarily tell you how to best use it. It's just there as a tool. Um, and then on the other side, the what I'm not excited about, I don't know if that's the right way of phrasing it, but just having been to many different events and trade shows over the last few years, uh, I think there's a lot of people coming into the space, whether it's on the investor side or on the company side, that there's not a, the value being created isn't necessarily lining up with the interest in the industry. So there's a lot of products being uh, rolled out into the market that at the end of the day won't last because they're adding complexity, they're adding friction, and they're not ultimately driving value for anyone, whether that's helping athletes perform better, whether that's helping teams win more, or whether that's helping broadcasters or facility owners or leagues reduce production costs. So I think there's going to be a bit of a, I don't know if correction is the right word, but a bit of a, a check on looking at the sports technology platforms that are actually proven, have a proven track record of growth, and are uh, ultimately driving value, whether it's for a single market or a few different markets. Right, right. Well, hopefully the good rises to the top. And uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.